When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Valboni, Miles Simmons, and Will Bryan. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. Kristen here with Will and Miles. You know what Mr. Jenkins told me, Kristen? What did he tell you, Miles? Well, Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, Call Morris Jenkins or visit MorrisJenkins.com. Well said, Miles. And you know what? That's why you're out here uh, at the table with me. And Will is once again in the booth of shame. Hello, Will. It's hard to see you all the way over there. Yeah, I had a mask issue this morning. So I I deserve this one. Mask on. Mask on. Leap it. Mask on. I lost my masks and I couldn't find them, so I was late. But we just want to clarify for everyone worrying. You now have masks and you are here being safe. Right. I found my mask. It just made me later, so I lost my opportunity to get out at the, the fun the fun adult table. I'm back at the kids' table. <laughs> you, you know what's funny? It's one of these things now where you have your, your check before you leave your mm-hmm. apartment or your home, mm-hmm. keys, phone, wallet. You got to add mask. I keep mine in the car. I keep mine uh, several in the car, and I rotate them out when I need to wash them. Yeah, I keep one in the car, and I keep because uh, I usually wear the thing that goes around your neck, mm-hmm. as Kristen and Will obviously know because they see me mm-hmm. all the time. But uh, I don't usually wear the one behind the ears because it starts hurting my ears. It's fair. So I keep these masks by my keys in my wallet in my apartment. So I have to look at them before I leave the apartment. So, well, maybe that's what you should start doing. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we could go on and on and give you premium mask <laughs> content for the rest of this podcast. But, hey, we had some football this weekend. We Week did. one is officially in the books. Uh, as great as it is to get back to football, of course, we wish the Panthers uh, you know, would have been able to come away with the win. It was a close game, came down to the wire, but the Panthers ultimately lost to the Raiders 34-30 to at home on Sunday. And let's get straight to this week's edition of Overheard. Do you hear something? Overheard. I want to take a listen to what Matt Rule had to say about the game when he spoke on Monday. 
obviously disappointed uh, uh, at the result yesterday, but proud of the effort. Thought we had a lot of guys who who fought, scratched, and clawed to to get us back in the game. You know, I think as a team, as we look at that game, you know, I think the stats were pretty much even across the board. So it really comes down to a play here and a play there. And not just that final fourth and one play, but a, a couple different plays. And, um, you know, we're going to work hard to correct those things. I thought we had some uh, really strong performances by some un- unsung guys that uh, kept us in the game. And uh, we'll just continue to try to get better and look forward to uh, going to Tampa this week and uh, playing the Buccaneers. But uh, we'll, we'll never uh, – We'll never be okay with uh, losing, but we will always uh, we will always find the positives and the negatives in the game for whether we win or lose. And I think there were a lot of positives we can build on, and uh, we're working hard right now in meetings to correct the negatives. I'm not in the business of making excuses for teams. I, I don't really like to do that. But I will say that the Panthers, I think, for all, with all the teams that have new head coaches, I thought the Panthers – played very, very well, right? And part of that, I think, is because they had a head coach who had been a head coach before. Now, obviously, I think Mm -hmm. when we mention these things, we got to mention Ron Rivera up in Washington and the fact that they won, and shout out to him. I know a lot of you guys who are listening to this care about him. Um, And obviously, we wish him, too, the best on on, um, everything that's going on with his health. But Matt Rule, I think, had a really good plan because he's been a head coach before. So he knew what it takes, I think, to set up a game plan and to set up guys to be competitive. Because, like, didn't Mike Tyson say it? Everybody's got a plan to when, until they get punched in the mouth. And I think that what the Panthers did very well is they were able to not just take the punch, but they were punching back, right? And the, the really where this game turned and where the difference was was in the third quarter because it started off with the penalty – on the kickoff return, then the Panthers go three and out, then there were more penalties mm-hmm. um, on the punt, and the Raiders go down, they get a field goal, Panthers go three and out again, and then the Raiders go down there and they score a touchdown. But Christian McCaffrey said it on Monday too. The, the Panthers fought back. And so when you look at it that way, no, the Panthers were not able to hold the lead. But I think that you can't say that they weren't ready. So from that perspective, I, I think that there is – there are, I should say, some good positives to build upon. I think that, you know, speaking with that, what Matt Rule kept telling everybody was be prepared for the things you can't prepare for, which, let's be real, in the first half they they couldn't hear what the play call was for, what, 10, 11 plays because there was communication issues they were working through. On so defense, th- on yeah. On defense. So the guys were out there trying to figure out what to do. Coaches were calling plays that didn't get in. So they were having to respond to that. One of those penalties happened because the the gunner ended up a step out of bounds, got caught up in a TV cord, it couldn't yeah. get back in, which then like caught Matt Rule's son as well. I mean, like you can't predict that, you know. And all of a sudden, that becomes a penalty because he stayed out of bounds too long because he got his foot stuck in a cord, and then you know that gives the Raiders even better field position. I mean, obviously. Josh Jacobs had a lot of big runs, and mm-hmm. you, you knew some of that stuff was coming. You know, give credit to the Raiders for for playing really well. But you know, I think that the fact that this team had a fourth and one to go down and potentially take the lead with two minutes to go after all of those things happened, and 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 even then there were still no penalties in the first half. They didn't throw an interception. They didn't lose a fumble. All of these things that you're just expecting this team that, you know, then you lose Dante Jackson and you have a guy that you just signed on Wednesday come in and play the majority of the game and have two pass deflections on big plays. You know, I mean, I I think all that speaks to their preparation for what they couldn't prepare for. Um, And I, you know, 
hopefully that continues uh, as we move forward. I completely agree. I, I think we're, I like to talk about media narratives. You know, we like to talk about this on the podcast. And I know that I went into this game thinking that every team in the NFL was going to need an adjustment period. Uh, we saw a little bit of that in college uh, on Saturday where you go, okay, well, they've had less time, no preseason games. They're not playing against any competition other than their own teammates. Uh, truncated offseason. And this is, a, as Miles, as you said, a team with a new head coach, new coordinators, new quarterback. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a minute. And they came out so crisp, I thought. And, Will, Will, you said it about no penalties in the first half. And, of course, there were penalties in the second half. But they came out very, very crisp. And, Miles, I think you, you put it well when you said he's been a head coach before, knows how to prepare. But I think that's easier said than done. Look at all yeah. of the things that were thrown at every team this offseason season. I was just very impressed by the way they came out. Yeah, look, I think when you score 30, most of the time in the NFL you should win. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't, well, it's going to be a little bit tough, I think, for this team defensively sometimes. And it, it certainly isn't made easier by the fact that Dante Jackson went out. But at the same time, I don't know that the Raiders attacked the Panthers' cornerbacks like they're going to be attacked this week Mm. when you look at Tom Brady and that wide receiving core. So we'll see if Dante Jackson comes back. As we record this, the Panthers have not started their practice week yet. But that's something that, yeah, it's going to be a little bit concerning because, look, Troy Pride is still a rookie. Douglas, I think, acquitted himself very well. But, again, I don't know that the Raiders really tested him all that much. But – just the fact that they came out, they were competitive, it was good. But I think one of the things that last year happened with these Carolina Panthers is they gave up an astronomical amount of rushing touchdowns. That trend is still continued into this year, at least so far. Josh Jacobs had three, and Josh Jacobs, I think, is one of the elite backs in the league. But that's something that the Panthers are definitely going to have to correct. So, yes, there are positives, but I think when you look at – the fact that the defense couldn't hold the lead in the fourth quarter after they got it. And the offense, though it scored on all of its possessions in the first half and then did a good job to erase that deficit and come back and score 15 straight in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, you can't stall out with two three and outs at the beginning of the third quarter. It's a, it's a really important time. I mean, people talk about this all the time in football. If you have one of the last possessions in the first half, you go down the field and score, and then you get the ball back in the second half and you can go down the field and score again, that's huge. And the Panthers weren't able they, – they got one part of that, but they couldn't get the second part of that. So how do you improve? You know, you, you look at the positives. Yes, there are some, but there are definitely some easy things that you can look at and say, all right, that's where they need to get better. Absolutely, and I feel like uh, Matt Rule has been very forthright about that, those things already. And we'll see um, how they put those into practice in practice this week and ultimately what it looks like when they go up against Tommy Brady and Tampa Bay on Sunday. I want to talk about one thing that maybe either surprised or impressed you um, about the game or the atmosphere because we were there in the stadium when there were no fans. So just a takeaway that maybe you didn't expect I'm going to go for mine with one that maybe surprised me but really impressed me. And you mentioned Dante Jackson going out very early in the game. He was questionable to return all game with a right ankle. And 
but he didn't leave the field. So he didn't have his helmet, but he was on the field the entire game. And he was you could tell he was trying to to get back in the game. And ultimately, I guess the, the call was made that it just wasn't, you know, the right thing to do. He went over, I swear to six or seven different players, talked to them, I mean, encouraged them, and not just defensive guys. Mm. I saw him talking to Joey Sly for a long time. You know, he's patting guys on the shoulder. I mean, he was really a force on that sideline, and I was so impressed by that. Uh, when Nelson Aguilar got the best of Troy Pride, he spent the rest of the first half with Troy Pride, talking to him, coaching him up, you know, giving him multiple pats on the shoulder. I just, I imagine that's got to be really, really hard your first game back, a lot, you know, riding on your shoulders, a lot of big expectations. You could see how much he wanted to go back in the game, but he was out there doing his part on the sidelines, even though he couldn't, you know, be out on the field, which I just, I absolutely loved. That is awesome. I mean, when you have a guy who goes out for an injury, that's exactly the kind of leadership that you want. Yep. And I think, you know, we talk about captains and guys who are the leaders of the team. I think, I don't remember who said it, I think it was Christian McCaffrey last week, too. We talked about the fact that there are captains, but there are leaders also at every position. And I think when you talk about what you're just talking about, Kristen, that shows the leadership that can come from anybody. It does not just have to be a captain. Well, what was something that either surprised or impressed you? I think the offensive line really impressed me because, you know, coming in, there were some question marks you had. Uh, you know, you had an injury. You had Schofield having to, to hop in there, um, you know, for, for, for Dennis Daly kind of late in the week. And then, really, they only gave up one sack, and Teddy Bridgewater has already said that that sack was pretty much on him, um, you know, that he should have gotten the ball, you know, out sooner, um, that, you know, it really wasn't – it wasn't a coverage sack, it wasn't a line sack, you know, that, that was just him not, not making the right read and making the right play. So I think that, you know, that offensive line was able to get, you know, get the Panthers over 100 yards rushing. Um, I, I really felt like there were some question marks there, and I'm not saying that they answered all of them, but – I think there was a lot of worry up front for how they were all going to look with all of these new faces. And I think against a pretty good Raiders defensive line and a pretty good Raiders pass rush, they they uh. they held their own. You don't think so, Miles? Well, okay, it's, it's less about the Panthers and more about the Raiders because I got to tell you, man, having watched that team last year, their <laughs> pass rush was better, and they have some guys who can do some things, right? Uh, Cleland Furl, though, was a disappointment as a first-round pick last year. Max Crosby had showed some flashes last year in getting over 10 sacks, and they added Carl Nassib, and they've added uh, Malik Collins on the defensive line. But I think if there were an ideal front that you want to start against, it might have been the Raiders because they just have not necessarily been that good at pass rushing since uh, they got rid of, um, gosh, the guy who went to the Bears, Cleo Mack. Wow, that was a right. little bit of a brain fart right there. But, yeah, <laughs> so I, I think as things continue – the Panthers will continue to get tested, and we'll see if Dennis Daly is able to come back or, or not. But, yeah, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from what the Panthers did because, yes, they were able to keep Teddy Bridgewater clean for the most part, and the, and the Raiders really didn't have um, many uh, quarterback hits in, in at all either. So, look, it, it was a good performance, but I think that I, I don't know if I really want to judge them too well on what they did against the Raiders. Right. I, I think it's obviously still early, but I also think that – you know, everyone was kind of looking, you know, own, you know, what's going to happen with this defense, what's going to happen with this defense. But there are a lot of people that were, you know, what's going on with this offensive line that we haven't seen against a full, you know, you know, we're full speed. You know, everyone's getting hit. You know, they're going after the quarterback now. And who knows how these guys are all going to do it together. So, I mean, 
yes, I, I agree that there's still there's still a lot more tests to come. Um, but I think not having seen any of these guys, I, I, I think that they, they did enough. All right. I, I would say that my thing that I was surprised by or impressed by, um, I mean, you mentioned the cornerbacks, um, Chris, and I, I'd say Rasul Douglas, man. Like, mm-hmm. that performance was was hard for somebody who walked in the building on Wednesday, really, for the first time. Um, and then for him to get thrust into duty, I think one thing that they might have prepared him for was just the fact that he was going to play. Matt Rule said that the plan was to rotate him in with Troy Pride, and so that probably helped at least mentally. But I think when you get thrust in there after an injury, a lot of times teams are going to attack you, and it's going to be tough, and he's he acquitted himself very, very well. I mean, there was a play that he was in the closest in coverage for on Darren Waller, and Waller made the catch, but it wasn't for a lack of trying by Russell Douglas. I mean, that guy, he came in there and really made that tackle, and Waller did a really nice job to just hold on to it. Most guys wouldn't have done that. So I think if you're looking for a real positive on defense, he's one of them. And then Derek Brown, man. Mm-hmm. There have been some clips floating around on Twitter, and I hope you guys have seen them. And if you want to rewatch the game on NFL Game Pass, I encourage you to do it. But you look at what he does with his hands, just the explosion. He's blowing Gabe Jackson off the ball, the right guard of the of the Oakland, oh goodness, Las Vegas Raiders. I can't <laughs> believe I did that. That's okay. It just it's new. Everyone Somebody did called, that this Ted, week. Teddy called them Oakland post game like more than once, which was kind of funny. Anyway, Gabe Jackson. I throw Teddy under the bus to make yourself feel better. I, All right, I definitely <laughs> did. Uh, but Gabe Jackson is a really good right guard, a, a real a good starting caliber right guard in this league. And for Derrick Brown in his first game action to blow him off the ball in multiple spots like he was, that's exactly what I think you want to see from a guy you draft number seven overall. So that was also an encouraging thing. Yeah, I saw him get double teamed one time, and he started to drive both of them back, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a full-grown man. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to take the positive with the negative, and he's a rookie, and they're one of those touchdown plays where – uh, Rodney Hudson, the the Braider center, and left guard Richie Incognito. I mean, they kind of blew Derek Brown off the ball, but that they'll do that to anybody because that's the kind of caliber offensive line they are. So Matt Rule said this too. You know, when you have a rookie, you got to take the good with the bad. There were some great plays um, by Derek Brown, but there's of course stuff that he can improve on too. Oh yeah, of course. I don't think anyone expects this team to come out and be perfect right. week one. Um, but the important thing is we saw. A lot of positives, and I'm looking forward to see how they adjust some of the things that they need to work on for next week. I do want to talk really quickly about where we all were and how we all watched the game, because, of course, this is the first time in Bank of America history that there were no fans there. We all were in different positions than we would normally be. Um, So, Miles and Will, you guys were together, right? Will, how did that go? Yeah, so we were up in the suite uh, kind of near the press box. So the press box usually holds... Shoot, I don't know, 300, 350 people in it maybe. And I think it was down to 75 um, because of all the, the spacing that they, they had to put out um, for, you know, just for a much more limited number of media that were in there. So we weren't able to be in the press box where we usually would be. Um, so there was a, you know, since obviously there weren't anyone in any of the suites, you know, there's a number of suites that were open. So kind of right down the hallway, uh, they open, open the windows and yeah, you know, yep. we, uh, but I mean, you think about it, you think, oh, you know, you're in a seat. Well, there's, there's not like there was food service, so there's no food. So I brought snacks for everybody. I, I brought Miles some, uh, some, some jerky over there, which I, I think he enjoyed. Right, Miles? I did. It was very nice. Yeah. Though. I brought, I brought a lot. I brought some goldfish for Amy. 
Um, but then there weren't there was there weren't power outlets. Like, okay, they, I'm Bill sorry, had to get guys. An I was cord. It, the sun was beating down on me for three and a half hours out on row one. <laughs> Um, and then I had to run in and do a show. I had a pregame out there for an hour and a half on the radio, ran in and did a digital show in the studio, ran back up. I'm like, I'm rationing my water out there. And <laughs> Will is talking about no outlets in the suite. Yeah. Kristen Power Outlet. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We had to like, I'm teasing we you. had to like run a, a power cord to the back of the suite and then we had to make sure we didn't trip over it. Oh my God. What is this castaway? So this is hard. tough. This is a castaway. You know, I didn't realize how hot it was because in the suite it was actually very nice. It was I'm very sure. pleasant. The <laughs> windows were open and everything. And I like the fact that the windows were open because, you know, enclosed spaces is how the virus spreads and whatnot. So I, when John Gruden, I heard him talking about the, you know, how he didn't have his mask on his face properly, and really, coaches across the league just did not do this mask thing properly, and so then they've got reportedly this sternly worded uh, memo from the league. So it was really that hot down on the field, wasn't it? Because like Gruden was talking about, it was hot. That's why I had my mask down. Uh, Matt Rule said he's got to do a better job of keeping it on his face. What, what, how hot was it, Kristen? It was hot. Yeah. It was really, really hot. And then you're wearing your mask at the same time, which just is kind of trapping the moisture. And but look, no complaints at all. I was just teasing you guys. <laughs> it was warm. It was it was bright. Any of the Panthers fans who have been to a game and sat on the home side know um, that it's you're kind of right in the sun. But I had a great view. I was on row one in the operational zone. I could kind of move around within reason. And, uh, you know, really follow the game back and forth up the field. So, uh yeah, it was it was warm, but it was okay. No complaints at all, considering I was one of the very few people that got to be down there and, and see the game up close and personal. How different was it than really being on the sidelines? I think there were actually some positives, so it's no surprise to anyone. I'm, I'm very short, and sometimes <laughs> when you're on the sidelines and everyone's kind of standing in front of you, it's your view's not always great. Yeah, it's great. hard to see. Um, and so being on this row one... And being able to move around at an incredible view all the time. Okay. Now, you couldn't hear a lot because the fans were going and the misters and all of that. So there's oh, definitely the, the a The fans on the sidelines. Oh, sorry. Yes, the cool. fans. Yeah. Not the fans. <laughs> the misters. The only oh, fans that oh, right. were allowed in the stadium for this game were the ones that keep guys cool. But no, it was different. It had its positives and it had its negatives. As many things do. As, as many as many things do. That's fair. All right. We're going to get Will's stat of the week in just a second. But first, let's take a quick break. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. All right, we are back. Will, it is the debut of your stat of the week here on this podcast. I mean, your Panther Stats guy. Is it Stats stats uh, guy? Stat guy? Which one? I can't remember. Panther Stats guy. Stats guy. There's or, one S missing. Panther Stats guy. Panther Stat guy. Because stats they, guy. Twitter didn't give me enough uh, characters to have more S's. I knew there was an S somewhere. There's an S yeah. missing. All right, what's the stat of the week? 60% of the time, it works every time. Stat of the week. So my stat of the week this week, Carolina is obviously going on the road in week two. And 
every team in the NFL is actually doing that. They're flipping home and road for week one and week two. No team is doing two straight home games or two straight road games. That's the first time that's ever happened to open a season in NFL history. And there's a reason behind that. Right, Miles? Yes, uh, it was because of the virus. I mean, when they when they announced the schedule back in May, uh, they really said that that was one of the precautions that they were taking, um, Is was that you'll have one home game and one road game just in case things happen. And I think that there are going to be some benefits to that um, just simply from the fact that, you know, you'll know more about what the procedures are that you have to have for the rest of the season um, going week one to week two if you were at home and then you have to go on the road or if you were on the road and now you finally get a home game. And I think it's likely that we might see some adjustments in protocols. Maybe that's crowd noise. Maybe it's other types of protocols, but they are testing it out. They're seeing how everything goes once every team has a home game and a road game, for that matter. And we might see some some changes after week two. But I think, you know, they got to make sure that it's fair for everybody, no matter what it is. And so, you know, we could see maybe that crowd noise change. Crowd noise change. Who knows? Yeah. It, it's interesting, I think, watching uh, the games on television. Because mm-hmm. when you just watch them, it's almost like there's not a pandemic going on. And there's nothing that's uh, really too weird about the television viewing experience. But I think there are some times when you just notice that there are no fans in the building. I watched uh, the the Bucks and Saints game just to sort of get ready for this week. And especially when you're talking about the Superdome, the fans have an incredible just effect on the way that that game atmosphere usually is. And I saw some quotes coming out of New Orleans that the Dome is not the same, basically, when you don't have fans in the building. And I think that that's very true. Um, but just watching the games on television, I think it's really interesting to see how the there's not too much that's different other than some crowd reaction shots that you just don't get. But the television viewing experience is practically the same. Well, sometimes it's felt like the piped crowd noise is the wrong one. Like the road team makes a big play, and then they accidentally <laughs> put in like, and it's yeah. like, wait a Someone's minute. Someone's just over there like, oh, man, my bad. Like I hit the wrong play. one. It's like, no, 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 that's the road team. That's the wrong sound for that. That's not how that usually sounds. <laughs> well, also, there's a difference, not to get too technical. I swear I will stop after this. But um, the crowd noise that's in the stadium is different than the mm-hmm. one that's being broadcast on TV. I was watching the Steelers-Giants game, and I was like, that sounds way louder than our game. Yeah. But then I remembered that it is a right. different feed that's going through so right that's not actually what it sounds like in in the stadium but it's also weird because you know the tv producer is picking up sound beds that are just the wrong sound for the opponents (laughs) to be scoring a touchdown we're all learning we're all learning (laughs) week one uh this is the happy half hour podcast presented by morris jenkins and guys mr jenkins told me the panthers make him proud and he is honored to support the team so when your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up call morris jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com All right, let's take a look at Game 2. Panthers are going on the road to to Tampa Bay, as it is called now. Tampa Bay. You see what I did there? Miles, I know we talked about things that the Panthers need to to work on before Week 2, but what do you think is is the key here to go up against Tommy Brady? Well, whenever you're facing Brady, it's all about can you generate a pass rush and can you get pressure? Um, I think anytime you're talking about those two Super Bowls that the Patriots lost in 07 and then in 11 to the Giants, 
the Giants were able. To, oh well, and then also in seventeen, I forgot uh, with the Eagles. They, they the all those teams could get pressure with four. Can the Panthers get pressure with four this week? Because look, they did not get any pass rush or any pressure on Derek Carr last week. Frankly, they had no quarterback hits, no sacks. Uh, Matt Rule said that the team said that that uh, in watching their film, the team determined that they had five quarterback pressures, which I don't really know what that means, if I'm being completely honest, right? What I, I what we know in what are universal stats, those are the quarterback hits and those are the sacks. And obviously there's more to pass rush than just that. But, look, the Panthers have to do a better job of getting after the QB. That doesn't necessarily mean more blitzing. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Raiders were in so many third and manageable to third and short situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they converted six third downs, and a lot of those were third and five or fewer. And when you have that, that makes it so much easier for an offense. Third and one with that Raiders offense is almost automatic because you can hand the ball to Josh Jacobs, and he's going to bowl over a defender. I mean, he's just going to fall forward basically and get you that yard. So from that... The Panthers have to do a better job in first and second down. Can you stop the run earlier in those early downs, get yourself in those third and seven or longer situations so that your guys up front can pin their ears back and they can get going toward the quarterback? Because if you can't do that, then Tom Brady is probably going to stand back there, pat the ball all day, and he's going to find somebody with those multitude of skill players that he's got over there, and they're going to carve you up. I think that... Everyone's going to talk about Tom Brady. Everyone's going to talk about Godwin. You know, people talk about Gronk because he's Gronk. You know, I, I, I'm worried about Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. You know, like those guys, Jones had 70-something yards last week. They're going to start there, and then if you if you can't stop them, they'll just stay there. You know, they're going to keep going with that. Um, you know, I'll be real curious to see where Mike Evans is this week. Evans was was injured or kind of banged up going into that Saints game and was completely shut down, had like one catch for 12 yards. Um, so we're talking about skill players, but, you know, obviously, you know, everyone has injuries and it's not just Carolina, you know, there's, there's some guys that are banged up elsewhere. So, uh, we'll be tracking his, his status throughout the week. And, you know, if he's not fully healthy, that maybe is a little bit of ease on the outside in terms of, of what you're covering. But again, it starts with, you have to stop the run early. As Miles said, you have to get third and long situations, and then you have to get pressure with four, you know, you, you can't always be blitzing, but you know, they also have, they got to find some blitz packages that are going to be confusing. You know, they've got to do it sometimes and they've got to make it work when they do it. You know, it, it's funny. I mean, Will, you said 12 yards. It was two yards. It was a two yard touchdown. Catch. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was in the back of the end zone. So it might've been basically around that, but uh, you know, in terms of air yards and, and catch, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it, he was targeted Mike Evans four times in that game and only had that one catch. So uh, Bruce Arians, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said that they have to do a better job of targeting Mike Evans. And I think what's also interesting is that Bruce Arians has blatantly called out Tom Brady mm-hmm. for his play and said that Tom Brady has to play better. So there are a lot of interesting things. Look, Tom Brady, <laughs> there, there are two things that are undefeated, and one of them is father time. All right, So <laughs> there's only so much that Tom Brady's going to be able to do. But I think if you look at that game, he was still making solid downfield throws. There was one play where he was getting pressured up the middle, and he starts turning away, and he still throws a strike down the seam. And so he's still got the arm talent, at least now, early in the season, and I think he's going to be motivated as ever. 
to come out and to show that he still has the goods, especially in their first home game. So this is going to be a tough one, I think, for the Panthers. So, Kristen, you're you're going down there, right? I am, yeah. So t- tell us a little bit about that first road trip. Yeah, we are going on um, – well, because – so first of all, let me just say the plane that the media, the team media would normally travel on with – the players and the coaching staff, that, that of course, as you might imagine, has been pared down uh, almost completely. So it's just very much essential personnel in order to keep everything as safe as possible. So we are going down on a, a little party bus, if you will, the oh. radio crew. We're going to have a great time. Yes, our executive producer, David Langton, just walked in. He'll be there with me. Uh, we're going to be having a good time cruising all the way down to Tampa Bay. Well, Kristen, one thing I will warn you about is as you – roam around the the moat on the outside be careful of the cannon i have heard about that yeah that cannon that they those cannons are are like they're scary man that's the one thing that's nice about being in the press box down there in tampa is that it's enclosed i mean it's an outdoor stadium and that's what happens most of the time in those kinds of places but those things are loud whenever they score Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not sure which is worse if it's there with their those cannons or in minnesota where like they start they uh where if they score a touchdown it's like four explosions in rapid succession and then they play the loudest version of Prince's Let's Go Crazy that you've ever heard. <laughs> the first time I was there in 2016 it was still a preseason game and uh, it was the fourth preseason game so you know how that goes right. But they scored a touchdown and like those things start going off boom 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 and I ducked. <laughs> I literally duck because that it, there it's open, right? So you can hear really everything. Yeah. And I think that U.S. Bank Stadium is one of the best game day atmospheres in, everywhere. But if those things go off, you want to duck your head, and then it's loud. Let's go crazy, and I'm like, ah. So beware of the cannons. Yeah, we'll see if I come back here and we record this next Wednesday. If I'm just like, what? Huh? Like, just yeah. l- lose my hearing yeah, completely. I'm not an besides- acoustic expert, but I would imagine that having nobody in those stands make those things echo even more than they oh, yeah, would if the, if the stands were full. So mm. it's going to be real loud. Well, thanks, guys, for the support. Really looking forward <laughs> to it now. Uh, appreciate that. All right, let's wrap this up with the weird question of the week. So in honor of the Panthers' first road game, Will... Let's start with you. What is your biggest pet peeve while traveling? I think the people that take phone calls in very crowded planes and buses and you know, there's just there's just a time for like it's quiet. There's always quiet. it's always a long phone call too. You know, it's oh, like yeah. we're all quiet. Like we can text now. Let's you know, unless it's like an emergency, which like I certainly understand. But if it's just like a normal, like long conversation that we're just, you know, you're sitting behind me in the plane, you're like, ah, oh, let's just, you know, it's like, come on. Yeah, I don't like those people either. It's I, always, it's always someone on a, you know, a business trip back when we could travel, and he's having, you know, or he or she are having the long, long conversation. Uh, you know, if you're sitting beside one of those people, and I've had to do that traveling a lot, you know everything about their business by the time it's over you know it's, it's never a, a five minute check-in when they're answering the phone too it's a 30 minute conversation uh okay my traveling pet peeve i i'll, I'll go with a couple i don't <laughs> like when people can't just step out of the aisle after they put up their bag on a plane mm-hmm. like i understand that not everybody travels as much as i do and so they don't necessarily have the awareness but man it is it's so easy to put your bag in the overhead compartment and step out of the aisle 
so everybody else can get on the plane. Mm -hmm. It's not just about you. <laughs> everybody, and like he's staring at me while he's saying this. I feel attacked. <laughs> the world. The world does not revolve around one person, and I wish that more people understood that. The other thing, and this happened to me one time, I was on a red-eye flight from Los Angeles to Cleveland. I was going home to visit family, and this woman was sitting next to me, and I had my noise-canceling headphones on. They were amazing. I was ready. I'd taken my Dramamine. I was ready to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And she starts bothering me about like trying to figure out what it is that I was watching on my iPad. Mm. Like, is that Netflix? How did you get that on there? Can I get that on this TV? What are you doing? Don't talk to me. Why are you talking to me? This is that doesn't sound that bad. She's just trying to get some help for please. a long flight. No. Miles, I'm with you. That's no. you don't talk to people. Absolutely not. Well, no, you don't Never talk, talk to, people. to people. No, but Ever. She, I mean, look, she Ever. was she was being self serving. She was like, look, I. Want to no. get this done so then I can leave you alone? No. She no, should no, no. Did you help her? Herself. How did you respond? I don't remember what I said, but I was obviously not very happy. But it was it was a good thing that I'd taken my Dramamine because otherwise <laughs> probably would have freaked out. But I like there was one point too where my eyes were closed and she like woke me up. Oh, and it that's wasn't not to right. just it was not to just go to the mm -hmm. bathroom. Like if you have to go to the bathroom, you gotta go to the bathroom. I understand that. But if you're just trying to like get my attention for no good reason, absolutely not. That is not something that we can stand. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I like them. So mine is going to be, I mean, look, we can, we can have the age old discussion about, do you put your seat back? Do you not? I, that's of course, everyone's pet peeve. And I it feel is. like we've heard about it so many times, but as much as I fly, it definitely is a pet peeve of mine. Here's mine though. When you get on a plane with somebody and they've got the food, like the full greasy or like super potent smelling food, and you know, it's going to be a long flight you know, if it's a quick flight, okay. But if we're talking four or five hours and you've already pulled out, you know, Panda Express, it's just, and the sauce is over here. I mean, that's a, that's a real thing that, you know, you get yeah. the food court food and and then it's just staying with you the entire flight. And Fish on a plane is a big no-no. Yes. No, there's, I feel like I've had all of that. Or like, you know, the smell of old fries. Like if someone goes by <laughs> a fast food place and they just kind of have their fries and they're just hanging out. Under the seat for a long time. That I've a lot of smells, a lot of smells on a plane, and I'm just like, let's, you know, like I get that you need to eat, but come on. I get that. I get that. I don't know. I I feel like sometimes I've been that guy, but like not really intentionally. As I'm thinking about it, no, it's that's the thing. It's totally fair that you would want to eat a good meal before you no, go I somewhere. Do. It's just the residual smells of it. I'll tell you what, the best airport food that I have I've had in a while, uh, when and this was last year because I was covering this team, but like at the Oakland airport, they had a really good burrito place. So I would always stop there before getting onto the plane. And the mm. great thing about the Oakland airport, too, is that there were not many people who would like need to go through the security line. So I had my TSA pre-check. I waltzed right through there. I mean, from getting out of the Uber to getting my burrito to getting on a plane, it could take maybe 25 minutes. Well, then here's the thing. Talk you eat efficiency. your burrito before you get on the plane so that I, not everyone the, has to smell the burrito around the, you. Most of the time I would well, do that. Secondhand but burrito. Burritos and planes do not mix. That's a, well, apparently they do for miles. Oh, so. They absolutely do for me. I Look, if we, ever, if we ever get to, to travel again, I will keep that in mind. I like living well, on the edge. We need to get far away from miles the next time that we all get to travel. Yeah.
Guys, I feel like we could go on about this for two hours. Really We're starting can. a new podcast based <laughs> exclusively on travel pet peeves. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird when we actually get to travel again. We'll see if all these things get knocked off our list. No doubt. All right. Um, thank you everyone for listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. We'll see you next week. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.